podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to keep you moving. With a full range of services from oil changes and tire rotations to filters, wipers, and more, we've got what your car needs right when you need it. So you're ready for whatever's next. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care? That's a job for Jiffy. <laughs> it's a big, big win for Everton. 2-1 against Arsenal. Damari Gray, Ole, Ole, Ole. Uh, I'm joined by a, a wide cast tonight. Uh, I've got Mark Mosey, Paddy Boyland, Matt Flusk and Keith Tomlin. Who wants to start, lads? <laughs> Everyone's pointing. We just won last minute. No one wants to say a word. This is me starting, but I promise you, the, the silence is very much just on the back of seeing Everton do... A positive two hours. Um, it for, for so long and for so many reasons that were, were predominantly from the VAR officials tonight. It really didn't think like that was coming. Um, I think the overwhelming feeling that we've all got right now is just gratitude and relief that we've managed to find three points from somewhere. Um, whether it, if it wasn't tonight, it had to be Palace or it had to be Chelsea. And with, with, with all of these fixtures that you look at, there's. It becomes diminishingly positive when you look at, at Everton's recent run of form, but that tonight was just everything that this football club and this stadium is, is meant to be. It was just electric. And when Damari Gray's goal goes in, there's that much noise being made that I, I can't actually tell how noisy it is. Just things are moving and time almost seems to stand still at a, at a moment where... We, we spoke about it on the way back into Liverpool after the game. It feels like so long since we've had one of those nights or one of those late goals. Um, and so many things went against us tonight. But to get that one magical moment at the end was just something you'll never forget. A moment so magical that we managed to get Paddy Boyan down for a pint. And on, on the podcast there, Paddy, what are your thoughts on it initially, mate? Good. I've dodged the podcast for, for a long while while Everton win a rut and I've made a, a glorious comeback after a late winner. Um, <laughs> no, I just, as, as Mark said, it, it felt like everything was set up for Everton to fail tonight. It felt like everything was set up for Everton to implode. And the fact that they've not done that here, given the two disallowed goals, Luca Dean's absence, everything that happened in the game, it just feels massive as far as the season's concerned. So you've just got to hope they, they push on from here that they've dug in I think it buys Benitez a little bit of time now probably buys some of those players time and I think my override memory from this game will probably not actually be the Damari Gray goal but it'll be Richarlison kind of lay on the Goodison turf absolutely out of it because he's he's just run his socks off Um, I thought he was magnificent actually at times Um, worked so hard even when things weren't going his way and we know sometimes he can be petulant he can um spit his dummy out when when things don't don't go his way to have two disallowed goals but then to deliver that performance i thought i thought he was exceptional but there, there were a number of exceptional performances there too uh matt how are you feeling after that one mate very tired um <laughs> sore throat a bit sore in the shins but overall very very happy and yeah that's that's one win to get about half a dozen more and we should be all right, but yeah, just very proud of that team today. Like, because that wasn't even a stuffy performance with you know uh, a, a tight last-minute sort of scramble goal. Like that was they applied themselves, you know, a lot of the players ran their asses off, 
as Paddy's already said, Richarlison carried us on his shoulders, as did Damari Gray. And when they started to falter, Andre Gomez came off the bench and really made the difference. So I'm, I'm very, very proud of him. Yeah, keep up the Watford game, we sort of said, but that's got us in its worst than most sort of captivatingly bad where everyone's melting down, people are losing the plot, going early. Uh, that was in its best tonight, wasn't it, in those last 10 minutes? Mate, there is absolutely no place on earth like a Moody Goodison. Um, and I, I, I managed to jump on uh, the space earlier on that Les has done, and I said the same on there. Thank God for uh, Mike Dean tonight for being so terrible, because some of them decisions were baffling, but they got the crowd right up for it. And when Goodison's moody like that, we, we throw like we throw the phrase bear pit around. That tonight, like they didn't want to know from about half an hour to go you saw them play acting you saw them playing for time wasting time going down injured to stop us getting on the attack they didn't want to they didn't want to be part of that tonight and Everton did Everton wanted that and I think that's largely the difference I mean the quality wasn't great maybe across the board It, it was decent but it wasn't great but the desire and the fight was there 100% and that's made the difference today and it's the first time we've seen it in months I'll, I'll come straight back to you Keith no, sorry you just had a sip of your beer there. I've got to come back to you but you say about quality there and we'll, we'll go straight to the fellow who scored the winner the fellow who hit the bar in the build up to, to the equaliser and that's Damari Gray and I think in a game where there's, there's not really much quality in the first part Odegaard was exceptional for them tonight he had, he had a great game showed a lot of class but I think the best player on the pitch throughout that game was Damari Gray and it wasn't just blood and thunder it wasn't just running his bollocks off it was lovely little touches it was carrying the ball it was great shots one obviously which hits the ball leads up to our equaliser and that winner I mean fucking hell the sound the ball made when he hit it and the swerve on it and the the speed he hit it with that that lad has got so much ability and it's just great to see him sort of start to channel it in the right way why isn't he being encouraged to shoot more (laughs) if he's doing that because, I mean, honestly, you will not see a ball struck better this season. That was ins perfect. And um, England's number two watched it all the way in, rocketing off his far post. And he, he, do you know what? You could have given him a step ladder and a bucket and he still wouldn't have got close to that. The way it was hit, it was just magnificent. Um, and yeah, like, like, as well, the strike for um, Richarlison's goal that comes back off the bar as well the technique that he's got when he cuts in on that right and hits it we need to encourage more of that from him um, because they, it makes things happen and it gets the crowd on the feet as well which is something that we need yeah I think that the thing that we've we've referenced here is in Damari Gray and Richarlison you've got two players who put in incredible individual performances and we, we all know that collectively as a team this has not been functioning now for weeks and weeks and sometimes it takes a night like that doesn't it where maybe not one person solely in, in Richarlison who I think was probably man of the match tonight has been able to to rescue this football team from just obscure averageness which it's been for the last couple of months and I think with him and Damari Gray but primarily with Richarlison, it, it, he has that mode which he flicks into two or three times a season where you can see that he feels the responsibility to drag this team through important moments. He, he almost did a little bit too much tonight when we went to one ahead and he found himself in the corner between the main stand and the park end, battling for a ball at left back and you thought, 
I appreciate how much this means to your mates, but if you could just go and stand I'll never get that out of his game, though, will you? Absolutely not, no. But you, you see him at his, at his effective, horrible worst as far as, 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 as centre-half is concerned, when I think it was Michael Keane who lumps a ball up at 2-1 ahead tonight, and Richarlison... You, you could almost feel the anxiety of Arsenal's centre-half knowing that he was going to have to battle Richarlison with that ball halfway up in the air. Managing, of course, to find Alex Iwobi, who, of course, managed to find Aaron Ramsdale. But I think the, the importance of those two individuals in particular from the start can't be underestimated. But I think if you're going to talk about individual performances tonight, we need to talk about the man who came on for 20 minutes and played in that midfield three. Andre Gomez... The ability to, yes, interfere with, with Arsenal's play and win the ball back, but primarily to play in a, a, an effective pass, which we've been waiting for an Everton midfielder to do for so long now. And we, we, we will talk long and hard for years to come about the Mari Gray strike, but how Andre Gomez manages to get the ball out of him in the first place is absolutely incredible. It was, it was the Andre Gomez that we saw during those loan spells that made us all fall in love with him. Shrugging opposition players off the ball, crisp passes out wide. He was actually the man on the other side of Alex Iwobi late on when Richarlison manages to, to craft another chance for us. He's obviously playing like a man with something to prove and I think he, he will absolutely feel like that. But I think those three individuals in particular, it, it, it's not, it's not a, a performance that I'll look back on in years and say, you know, collectively as a team, we, we totally outdone them tonight. As much as I feel like we were good value for the results, but I think those three fellas in particular were head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah. Um, see if we can get Paddy's attention. He's off. He's off on another another chat at the moment. We'll come. To, we'll go to. Oh, oh, he's, oh, we've got him. We've got him. Uh, we've got him. He's, he's schmoozing. Yeah, he's, he's famous these days. He's just entertaining the crowds, isn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're just talking about Richarlison, Paddy, and um, didn't stop even after those goals. They were disallowed tonight. I, I quite admired the fact he gave it the big one on both celebrations, even though he could have been offside on both of them. But um, the lad just ran himself into the ground, didn't he? Yeah, and then like we were saying earlier, he's one of those players where it goes one of two ways. He can spit his dummy out, he can start to get a bit petulant, and I think that almost spills into his performances then. Everything everything kind of comes out from there. Um, but tonight, he just kept on going. I think he was, he was emblematic of the overall performance because you can see there that they are still playing for the manager. They are still playing for yeah. the, the shirt and the badge. I don't think it really, in my opinion, it's never been about a lack of effort. Sometimes I've seen a lack of guts, Sometimes I've seen a lack of spirit. I've definitely seen a lack of technical quality. I've seen a la lack of technical mouse from the uh, tactical mouse, sorry, from the manager. Um, but I think they were still fighting for the shirt tonight. I think that was quite clear from the from the 90 minutes that we saw then. Um, and Richarlison obviously typified that. So yeah, really, really good performance. Great striker's instinct, by the way, to follow the shot in when it hit the crossbar. And he did so well to control it as well because it was a difficult chance. I, I thought he was fantastic tonight. Um, but I, I don't... I actually... I don't know if you've answered <laughs> Andre Gomez. I thought Gomez, cameo, cameo is great. I thought he was really, really good. Just kind of added a bit of balance in midfield. We've been crying out now for three in midfield for a while. I think sometimes it, it leaves us just a little bit lacking in there. 
I'd love to play in midfield against that Everton midfield at times because particularly against Liverpool I was just seeing acres of space opening up in front there you'd have been able to drive any kind of double-decker bus down the, the middle of Everton's team um, but as soon as Gomez came in the balance just seemed to be right and it's nice to have a footballer that can carry the ball but can also slow things down pick a pass so yeah I, I thought he was a real positive tonight the way he, he kind of slotted back in seamlessly and probably delivered one of his better Everton performances yeah. if, if we're being honest he needs to kick on now Rafa needs to learn the lesson that it, it, it's time for three in midfield and if we do like I think things should improve yeah um, fully agree three in midfield seems to be the ticket at the moment and uh, I don't know if it was a situational thing with Gomez because he came onto the pitch and very quickly like, we had the equaliser and the game got very frantic and the bear pit started to make its noise and the players who had been on the pitch the whole game started to get a bit more a bit more ragged, a bit more I wouldn't say desperate but a lot more intense whereas when the ball fell to Gomez we saw it with the build up to the second goal players came flying out left, right and centre and he just put his foot on it shimmied sideways, shimmied the other way just saw them off and then very calmly picked his pass so I'm not sure if he can do that from the start of a game but um, if he can fantastic I'm, I'm not going to rule that out uh, but yeah three midfield I mean Christ we've got the personnel haven't we yeah. <laughs> there's enough you know. midfielders there's enough terrible wingers for us to play I mean touch wood but it's the one place we haven't got an injury crisis at the moment so yeah, it's, 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 it's mad. We'll go on to talk about this now. Actually, keeps just showing everyone pictures of the. I'll use quotation marks. It's offside for the second goal. I mean, the first one is obviously offside. The second one, mate. I mean, what what on earth is that decision about? You, you can see green grass between Richardson's foot and the and the line they drew on the on the pitch. The worst thing about that is you can see on the replay that they show on Sky they zoom in and they freeze it before the VIR lines are drawn and both players' feet are on the white line not a single millimetre of boot is straying over the white line and then when they show the VIR lines not only is Richarlison's line ahead of the white line so is the defenders like, it's just it, it really does beg it beggars belief it just they've they were supposed to remove this ambiguity this season. I wasn't actually that enamoured with that change to the rule. I believe if you're offside, you're offside. If you can be offside by a millimetre, you can be onside by a millimetre. But they've changed the rule, they've added this gap, they've made it so that the two lines, the red line and the blue line, aren't touching. There needs to be a gap. And in this instance, they've created their gap out of thinner, and it is out of complete thinner. And I'd hope that the club I hope that the club secretary is not resting on his laurels with his three points and he is going back to the PGM well and demanding an explanation for that because that could have seen us as nine games without a win and right down there in the mire. I mean, that, uh, largely that depends on whether or not we've sacked the club secretary by now. Um, never, never. Not contract we, we, he, might, he, might, he might be next on the chopping block. I mean, yeah, do you know what it is? It's really dis- disappointing, but for like, but for the width of a cigarette paper, Richarlison has a hat trick tonight and a well-deserved one as well because his performance was magnificent. And it's on nights like tonight where he is completely and utterly unplayable. And the, the moment for him I'm going to highlight isn't one of his goals or disallowed goals. It was a long punt forward and the ball was dropping out the sky and Ben White had this covered all day 
and Richarlison just got his body in the way, harried him, hassled him, came out with the ball and dragged Everton 70 yards up the pitch. And you could see by the end of the game, in injury time, he was exhausted and he was chasing shadows. But that's because of the effort he put in tonight. And that's what he does have in his locker. And like Paddy said earlier, he can be petulant. He can be sort of like that sort of moody player who does who can go missing if it's not going his way. But tonight he was on it and he was hungry. And if we can get that out of him eight games out of ten, we'll, we'll be sound. Um, and I think hopefully tonight puts to bed any question of the fact that there isn't any talent or desire in the squad um, but I hope it also raises the question of why don't they do it, why haven't they been doing it every week, um, why has it been lacking and they've set themselves a benchmark tonight for the rest of the season to go forward and that should be the standard that they're meeting All, all the goals as well with Charles and Moore is, you know, two of them are disallowed but all three of them are, are boss finishes aren't they you know it's it, it, I know there's this, this endless debate about where he plays, what's his best position, but if you get that lad in the penalty box and give him opportunities, he is a brilliant finisher. Yeah, Joe, I was a bit torn tonight with what you say about what his best position is. I felt that what you what you say is, is absolutely spot on in terms of him being such a good finisher and, and needing him within the two lines of the 18-yard box. There were so many times on the on the flip side of that that I thought he's absolutely craving someone like Dominic Carvalhoen to be up there with him, so that he wasn't doing all of the all of the hard graft and all of the physical work that, quite frankly, he had to do on his own. Um, the 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 first goal you can certainly from my my position in the park end you can see it going in an absolute mile off. Um, the second goal again, great finish, but harshly ruled out by some fella on paint deciding that he was offside um, the, the amount of control that, that as Paddy said that he managed to put into that header was just absolutely fantastic but I think I'm just obsessed with the, the poetic sense of occasion that, that seems to just surround the whole night whether it was the bad weather Arteta, it being Arsenal just the hailstones it, it all seemed to feel like it was just it was it was right it was like Andy Johnson against Arsenal all do you know what the, 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 there was definitely a feel of that and obviously the, the, there was Arsenal connotations that meant that that was the case but no no football club does siege mentality better than Everton and when we are down and you know however what if we lost about 45 games in a row before going into night and that's, that's absolutely how it feels but when when the chips are down, we're, we're not. It takes a certain game and a certain sense of occasion, as I said, to to bring out the best in this football club. And uh, do you know what? There was so much narrative going into the game tonight that was everything but the eleven players on the pitch. And the one thing that I was spared on by today, and I think the interview with Simon Jordan on Talksport was interesting when he said that. I think the contentious sentence he said was Everton have got too much quality to go down and that that is an incredibly dangerous thing to say about any football team as we all know because we, we've seen that happen to football teams but quality and technical ability is only relevant when you put in performances like we did tonight someone will be able to tell me verbatim what the quote is in Finch Farm about talent, work and hard and that that, that was everything about what Everton symbolises how many times have we sat here in, in moody pubs after games talking about the eternal desire for this football team to find some form of identity 
if you want to show incoming players in January or prospective fans of this football team or people going to Bramley Moor about what it's meant to be you just show them the last two hours of, of planet Earth in that ground because that is exactly how it's meant to be um, just to sort of start wrapping this up, uh, Paddy, what noise did you make when um, Aubameyang missed that chance at the end? And can you make it right now? Yeah, just, do, just, just do it again for us, please. No, it's a kind of squeal, but I'm, I'm not going to say in a, not going to sit in a pub squealing. So, uh... you're, you're our friends here. It's fine. Go on. No, 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 no one's going to judge you. It's okay. People can listen to the podcast and imagine the squeal, and I think that's, that's better than any noise I could conjure at that moment. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. But no, uh, I mean it was, it was definitely kind of shitty kex time, wasn't it? Dude? Each to their own. <laughs> but but uh, just 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 on, on the defence, Paddy. I mean, obviously, Yeri Mina went off injured again tonight. Uh, Holgate came on in the fourth after a bit of a ropey start. Did okay, but I mean, maybe not necessarily agree with me. There's people around the table nodding their head there in agreement. I'll, I'll I'll take that. But um, you know. <laughs> A, a few ropey moments from them again I think it's probably fair to say and that probably is a bit of a worry going forward it is because Mina just can't keep himself fit it's quite clear now that over an ex- we've got an extended body of evidence haven't we that just shows that no matter how talented he is he's not just going to be on the pitch he's just not going to be on the pitch yeah. enough really to to play a meaningful role for Everton and that that is a problem um, he's the best centre back at the club probably by a, a long stretch when he's when he's fit and firing but those days are few and far between I, I worry about Everton without him I think they, they lack obviously a, an imposing leader I mean they've got loads of kind of beta type defenders for me guys that are your second centre half and he's, your, he's probably the only one at the moment that um takes command takes control Godfrey may well be that in time but he's not there yet um, and I think there's a big obviously there's a big drop off between a, a Yeri Mina and a Mason Holgate um, and statistically our Holgate Michael Keane partnerships don't tend to fare very well um, so let's see how things go um, I actually blame the midfield more for the Odegaard goal you watch where Odegaard starts and it's right in the, the heart of that midfield nobody's anywhere near him when he starts the run nobody's anywhere near him when he finishes and ends up in the box and yeah it is a great finish uh, but I just don't think it, they, they got it tight tight enough to him really it was the, the lack of a midfield screener for me um, so there are obviously issues there is still a soft centre in my opinion um, and goals don't come freely either at the other end so we're not completely out of the woods but like, like we were all saying it's, it is a crucial win got to hope it's a momentum turner got to hope this group of players realises that they can harness the Goodison crowd here all they need to do is they need to fight for every ball they need to do those basic things and Goodison will follow them it was, it was, it was almost like collectively everyone dragged Everton through this and that's the big lesson, lesson more than maybe technical quality or, or everything else that and that and the move to the midfield three so um, yeah p- probably a few issues with the defence but they will we'll, we'll discuss them at a later date and just just finish I'll, I'll come back to you quickly Paddy and then I'll let you get back to your schmoozing mate honestly don't worry um, but uh, just to finish off obviously on a massive positive Damari Gray um, unbelievable sign that he's been hasn't he you know a lad whose career felt like he was sort of dwindling when he went to Germany came to Everton I think a lot of people were, were kind of underwhelmed and, but the lad's got ability but it's not just that, is it? It's, he's, he's delivering in key moments. For Everton. Look at the goals he scored this season, coming up with big goals at big points for this football team. And he, he, you know, him and Richarlison put the side on the shoulders tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he was head and shoulders Everton's best player in the derby as well. By the way, 
basically the only one of them to come out with any kind of credit. Maybe Ducore tried hard, but he was he was obviously rusty. Um, just that directness, that ability to beat two or three man and, and conjure a moment out of nothing, the kind of moment we saw towards the end. Everton have locked those players for so long, really. Um, we haven't had many of them. For 1.7 million, the, the buyouts from Bayer Leverkusen, it is an inspired piece of business. It's the kind of signing you want to see Everton making more of. Uh, we're seeing the goal on the big screen here. He's definitely uh, been practicing his knee slides as well, by the way. Since, since Leeds, he's, uh, he's absolutely nailed a few. I tell you what, I, every time I watch that Leeds moment back, I always think, how has he not like really injured himself there? <laughs> you, 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 you just expect his leg to be facing the other way when he comes out of it. <laughs> but um, fair play to him, he managed to get through that. And he's, um, he's obviously, he's making the, he is making the difference for Everton time, time and time again. Reminds me of a Moise resigning this. Um, a player who's maybe not quite fulfilled the potential in the way he should have done. He's undervalued in the market, but he's come in with a point to prove. He's, he's still young, he's still hungry. It's the kind of signing you're on board with Everton making, really, for, for, that, for that value. Um, I think for too long now, Everton have taken players like, say, a Morgan Schneidlin or an Alex Awobi from a so-called top club and they've not really had the motivation there, maybe not even the top-level quality anymore. I'm much more comfortable with Everton signing Damari Grace for 1.7 million. I think you're seeing that in his, in his performance. So, yeah, really, really good from him again. Fantastic moment to win Everton the game. And probably he's the only one in the, in the team at the moment that could produce that moment. So, yeah, fan- fantastic. Just, just one more individual moment that I, I, I don't really historically like to watch Everton players channel their inner Phil Neville um, but <laughs> that tackle from Ben Godfrey in the first half was absolutely incredible and, and obviously I, I don't even know what the score was and it's irrelevant now at the time but when he totally cleaned out their right back and thought, he absolutely loved Saka all night well, he, a bit too much I don't, on yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. it was Saka for this, this in particular this, this particular tackle but oh my god I've never seen anyone kick a thing harder than he did their right back to it was absolutely incredible. <laughs> You're you totally going to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm speechless after that. Um, again, that's another moment that um, gets Goodison going, isn't it? A, a moody tackle. All I can all I can picture in my head now is like a commune in the California hills with Phil Neville sat there in a caftan and like footballers learning to commune their inner Phil Neville while like a bunch of doulas go around and put uh, frosted tips in the hair. <laughs> uh, Just playing through balls to Callum McMahon and then over and over again. Oh, mate, don't. Honestly, that is that is like, that's the sort of penultimate scene in my Joker movie, is that pass. <laughs> I don't want to know what the last one is. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't end well for me or for Goodison. Um... Yeah, do you know what? It, there's not, there's nothing in this world quite like getting back to the pub after the match, after a last-minute winner, especially an absolute screamer, sitting there having a pint with your mates, chatting about Everton winning a game of football. Let's fucking do it more, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want to do the sign-off as well, Keith, again, as, as a tradition these days? Um, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll sign you off if you want. Uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, man's done. There we go, let's sign off. 
Thank you very much for listening to this week's post-match. I've been Keith Tomlin, he's been Matt Jones, he's been Mark Mosey, he's been Paddy Boyland, and he's been Matt Flusk. During the week, we'll have your regular scheduled programming. There shall be probably a bit of kickabout action midweek. There will be some subs weekly. And there might be a mailbag at the weekend if Les Roberts has scraped himself <laughs> off the ceiling after that winner. Good night and God bless up the fucking toffees. The General Insurance presents Shower Ballads by Shaq. And I'm gonna keep my out everyone does sound better in the shower and it turns out the general is a quality insurance company that's been saving people money for nearly 60 years for a great low rate and nearly 60 years of quality coverage make the right call and go with the general the general auto insurance services inc insurance agency nashville tennessee some restrictions apply sports social podcast network